On this week's episode of The Fizz, I talk about the Detroit Lions week one and how NFL football and all football is officially back. In addition to that, I talk about EA Sports and the Detroit Red Wings, Nicholas Cronwall retiring, we're paid a visit from a good friend named Parlay Splits, and then we close it out with a little over under. But before I get into all of that, I want to tell you guys about a fantastic product called Vapor Fresh. Now, I've talked about Vapor Fresh before, um, and the reason I do is because they are the good guys in the industry. It is a sports cleaning and deodorizing spray, um, and you can use it on pretty much anything, you guys your running shoes, your yoga mats, your equipment, your skates, anything. I know for me, hockey season's starting in about two weeks here. I got everything laid out right here in my garage. I'm actually looking at it, um, and I've sprayed it with Vapor Fresh, and it smells like new, and even better, it feels like new. It doesn't irritate the skin because it's made with 100% botanical active ingredients. And if you guys don't think these guys are in it for Detroit, you guys are crazy. They sponsor the Fizz Podcast, which is obviously the greatest Detroit sports podcast in the world. And in addition to that, they also donated a ton of boxes of Vapor Fresh to Detroit Boxing Gym, which is an after-school program for kids. So they're all in on Detroit, and you should go all in on Vapor Fresh. And if you guys do that, you guys got to go to Amazon com search vapor fresh and then buy a bottle use the code fizz podcast for 20 percent off if you guys do that send me the purchase confirmation i'll send you some buttons and some stickers of champagne athletics as well really would love you guys to go support this brand uh they're great to me they're great to the city of detroit and honestly it is just a great product i love using it on my equipment again that's amazon.com search vapor fresh use the code fizz podcast for 20 percent off that's Vapor Fresh. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't lose me by harder. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of The Fizz. Thank you everyone for being here with me this week and sticking it out with me during a very touch and go month, which was August. August was absolutely insane for me with weddings, trips, commitments, etc. Who cares? You guys get it and you don't give two shits. What you care about right now is the facts. And the facts right now are that it's football season. Football season is officially back. Like, officially, officially back. Not preseason starting. It's not week zero in college, whatever the fuck that means. It means college, the pros, high school, little shits, youth, everything all across America is playing football. Everyone is playing fucking meaningful football games again, and there is nothing, and I mean nothing, I want more. Honestly, you know how everyone jokes about being a basic fall bitch? Well, I'm a basic fall bitch for football, except instead of pumpkin spice lattes, Ugg boots, and black leggings, I turn to beer, stupid jerseys of people not in the league anymore, possibly in prison, and low-life divisive gambling that I let dictate my moods on any given Sunday. I don't care. 
I do not care. I am a basic fall football bitch boy. Give me a nice crew neck sweater, a nice cool breeze, a dirty pigskin, and let the dead leaves fall all over me. Cover my fucking body in dead leaves. Let me do a fake five-step drop in my backyard, call myself Matthew Stafford, and proceed to throw the football three feet over my buddy's head. Let me sit on my ass, hungover on Sunday, while moving from bed to couch, from couch to bed, with a mortgage payment worth of bets across 15 NFL games. Give me that. Give me all of it. Inject it into my goddamn face. But with all the joy that fall and football brings me, There is definitely a good amount of pain in the form of hangovers, lost bets, and of course, our Detroit Lions. Yes, the Detroit Lions. The only product on planet Earth that no matter how shitty it is, no matter how unreliable, no matter how many tears we've shed over this, or the amount of money we lose, we keep coming back. We crawl back to them like sad, Lost puppies in a torrential downpour. We are pathetic. Say it with me. We are pathetic. We are absolutely, positively, have no legitimate reason to keep pumping money into this organization that is perpetually letting us down. I mean, the Lions define that joke. I want the Detroit Lions to be the pallbearers at my wedding. Not at my wedding. That is not what I meant to say. Because at a wedding is a time of celebration. I meant funeral. I want the Detroit Lions to be the pallbearers at my funeral. So they can let me down one last time. Nailed it, Frank. That's us. And I'm the most guilty of this shit. I'm not pointing fingers here at you. I'm not saying you are wrong as fans. I'm part of this. Looking at myself. I'm in a glass house. And I'm not throwing stones. So don't throw them back at me. Before this season started. In fact... way before, before last season even ended, I told myself I wasn't going to ever attend another game, another Lions game at Ford Field until they gave me a reason to do so. And you know what I did? I turned my slap happy ass around and not only participated in a cornhole tournament at Ford Field, I went the extra step and I bought a Charles Roger jersey and I got tickets to the season opener. That's insanely pathetic. I am pathetic. We are pathetic. Forward down the pathetic field. It's like as Lions fans, we do not learn. We do the same things over and over again, but expect a different result, which I believe is the actual definition of insanity. But you know what? Color me fucking insane because I'm here to stay. I've been locked into this shit for almost 30 years, and I'm here to get hurt again. Bend me over and have your way with me, Lions. And this year, more than ever, I have set myself up for complete hell. I already told you guys, I'm going to the game, the home opener. Um, I threw a unit on them, two and a half, minus two and a half on Sunday. And of course, another unit on them to win the division, which they haven't done in my lifetime. They're currently sitting at 11, 11 to 1 odds to do so. So no one really believes they can do it. And we're in almost the exact same position for week one as we were last year. Except this year, it's a little worse. Instead of being at home, we're on the road. Yes, we're playing the shit-ass Cardinals. It looks like a layup. Like, of course the Lions are going to smack that team, right? 
right? They were the worst team in the NFL last year. The Lions have to beat them week one. But it's like, maybe not. Maybe they just suck ass again, and we have to throw the whole season in the trash week one, like we did last year with the Jets. But this game, this game, this game, this game, let's talk about this game. Lions at Arizona, week one. Cardi's had the first overall pick this year, selected Kyler Murray as their new quarterback. They got a new head coach. He's young. He's hot. His name's Cliff Kingsbury. And they're feeling optimistic in Arizona. And the world is definitely not feeling optimistic about our Detroit Lions. CBS picked us to go 4-12. and The ESPN simulator, whatever the fuck that is, has us losing our first 11 games. And while I've dusted up this franchise for the better part of this show from the beginning here, I'm here to say fuck them. Fuck them all. Not the Lions, but the pundits and everyone who thinks they're going 0-11 or they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I say fuck them all. Detroit is going to absolutely roll in this football game week one. Take that to the goddamn bank. It's going to be a bully beatdown from top to bottom. And honestly, if it's not, the Lions come home from Detroit without a W in Arizona. You can honestly toss the entire season in the trash can. A loss week one to this shit-ass Arizona Cardinals team is absolutely unforgivable. Just like last year's loss to the Jets was unforgivable. That, that loss is unforgivable, and they have not been forgiven. They never were able to come back from that. They ended up at 3-3 three and three was the best they got after that loss to the Jets. But they, they fucked up. Everything up. That was a ripple effect throughout the entire season. It was embarrassing. It was on the public stage. Patricia looked like an absolute mess. Stafford looked like shit. And then everyone was shit for the rest of the year. It was a shit show on the national stage on Monday night. It sucked. And I hated it. (sighs) One other thing working in the favor of our Detroit Lions week one, outside of just having a stronger roster than last year, is the fact that the Lions just signed someone new. Now, if you haven't heard of this, this is pretty exciting, which is going to lead me to my next segment here, which is kind of just all the same rambling segment. Uh, My Detroit Athlete of the Week, Chad Kanoff. Yes, that's his real name, Chad Kanoff. Sounds like jacking off, if you say it fast enough or slow enough, or actually just say it in general any way possible. Chad Kanoff sounds like jacking off. Only the Lions would get a guy like this. Um, so Chad Kanoff, outside of having the funniest name in the NFL, is also a practice squad quarterback um, that the Lions just got. They just picked him up, and they got him from the Arizona Cardinals. And just today, Cliff Kingsbury noted in an interview how much this Chad Kanoff guy knows about the Arizona Cardinals offense. He, in fact, said... He can pretty much tell the Lions everything. He knows everything. He was a fucking quarterback on the Cardinals, so he knows the offense better than probably most people in the Cardinals organization. He knows the whole playbook and everything else in between. Um, And Kingsbury was kind of crying about it. I think this is a real Patriot-like move from the Lions, which is a shocker, I understand. But I love it. And I hope, I hope against hope, that Chad, Knopf, Jack, Kanoff just feeds just feeds us, feeds us, the Detroit Lions, the team, every single play Zona is going to run, and we hold them to 18 yards of total offense. Chad Kanoff. 
good friend of the show, good friend of mine in general, Joe Shimatero put it very well. Do you think his parents said his name out loud before he was born? My answer is no. They named him Chad. They didn't pair it with the last name. Next thing you know, you got Chad Kanoff. Only the Lions would have a guy named Chad Kanoff. Um, only thing that does scare me about the Cardinals game, obviously it's just the Lions in general. It's week one, and it's like an absolute game they should win. Like Patricia is playing a first-year coach. Patricia's been in the NFL for a long time. Do not get embarrassed by this hot shot first-year coach. That is the epitome of embarrassing. Cardinals were the worst team in the NFL. The fact that the Lions should win this game so bad is what makes me nervous about this game. In addition, it's a new coach and a new quarterback. There's no film to look at. You can look at his college film uh, on Kyler Murray, but there's not much to look at. I mean, that's that's where you'd hope Chad Knoff, I will say that name as many times as I can fit it into this podcast, As many that, that's where you hope Chad Knoff helps you out with feeding you every play that they're going to run. But that's what scares me. There's not a lot of tape. Obviously, we're on the road week one, different time zones, all that shit. But by all that is holy, by all that is right, in the world, in the universe, the Lions should win week one. But as we know, as we've seen over plenty of years, that is never a guarantee with our Detroit Lions. But with that being said, guys, I will leave you with this regarding our boys. 27-13 final. Lions win. Lions 1-0 headed back to the Motor City for week one, uh, for week two, sorry, home opener versus the Chargers. I'll be there in a Stafford jersey with Steven screaming my fucking head off, a lot of beers, fun Sunday, and then we're going to beat the Chargers, okay? That's what we're going to do. I've already decided it. No one needs to think about it any further. We're going to beat Arizona on the road. We're going to handle them, and then we are going to beat a very good Chargers team at home because... That's what I have decided right here, right now. Take it to the bank. Lions starting 1-0, 27-13, final in Arizona. Forward. Okay, and next thing on my list here is in relation to our Detroit Red Wings. Now, if you saw earlier this week, I did post an article about this topic, but I do want to yell about it into a mic in my empty garage uh, for a little bit here. So EA Sports just launched a NHL Red Wings alumni team, and they posted it on their social media, and then the Red Wings reposted it. And honestly, shame on the Red Wings for reposting it because it's so goddamn disrespectful. It doesn't deserve any positive light or support or backing whatsoever. If you haven't seen the picture, it's a picture of five classic Detroit Red Wings. Uh, And not like a picture of them. It's like a digital EA Sports representation of them in the game NHL 20. Um, And on it, they have Chelios, Gordie Howe, Nick Lindstrom, Steve Eiserman, and Pavel Datsuk. Now, I have absolutely no issues with those people or players like being part of the majestic all-star alumni lineup. Um, I think it's a little hodgepodge how they picked it but the issue comes with their ratings their overall aesthetic and just kind of like everything with it so in the picture it goes from left to right and it's Chelios then Howe then Lindstrom then Iserman then Datsuk now the ratings here make absolutely no sense I don't know what planet or what world EA Sports thinks they're living in with these ratings Um, so I'll just start from the top uh, Chelios, Chris Chelios is rated at a 93. 
Gordie Howe is rated at a 95. Nick Lindstrom is rated at a 93. Steve Eiserman is rated at a 92. And then Pavel Datsuk is all the way in the shitter at 89. So you all heard those numbers again. Chelios, 93. Howe, 95. Lindstrom, 93. Eiserman, 92. Datsuk, 89. So looking at these ratings, which is the first thing I'm going to dust up here. Chelios at a 93 being a point higher than Steve Eiserman is is unforgivable, but I won't even I won't even start with that. I'll just say they have Chelios at a 93 and they have a Nick Lindstrom at a 93. Anyone in the world, anyone with a brain, anyone who's watched hockey, I I fucking anyone, maybe outside of the Chelios family, and I'm not even counting Chris Chelios. Chris Chelios would without a doubt say that Nick Lindstrom is better than him. Nick Lindstrom is the greatest defenseman of all time, and it's almost to the point where it can't even be argued. Uh, The best modern-day player in Sidney Crosby even said that Nick Lindstrom is the best defenseman of all time. It's like a well-known accepted fact. So you think Chris Chelios is dead nuts just as good as Nick Lindstrom. That, that, my friends, is fucking mind-blowing. Not even to mention the fact that 93 is just like pathetically low for arguably the greatest defenseman of all time. Now, now, to be honest with you guys, I don't play video games. Like I haven't played video games in probably over a decade unless it's like N64. I don't even own a newer system. I never bought a newer system. The newest system I ever got was an Xbox, not an Xbox 360, not an Xbox One. Just a plain old regular ass Xbox is as new as I got. And I really didn't even play it that much. Uh, I, I, I like just like the new, the system I know the most about is an N64. So I don't know if video games are given out 99s anymore or like 98s or if they've kind of tamed it all down. But back in the day, video games, like the best player in the league was just 99 overall. Like if you were, if you were the best, like you were 99 overall, that's just how it went. So I don't know if they stopped doing that or if it's, I don't know what it is, but, but Nick Lindstrom at a 93 is just, it's unforgivable. It's pathetic and I hate it. It's pathetic. It's awful. And I hate it. Um, and then on top of that, they have Chelios as good as Lindstrom and better than Steve Eiserman. They have Chris Chelios better than Steve Eiserman. Seriously, who created these fucking rankings? They are so ass backwards that it actually infuriates me. Like what slap dick, who's Chelios paying to get these ratings? And like, I think Chelios would look at these and be like, yeah, no, that's kind of, uh, that's just wrong. That's like incorrect. Um, and it pisses me off, pisses me off. So ratings wise, that's a nightmare. Let's move into the other two ratings that really bother me. Obviously the one that bothers me the most is Steve Eiserman at 92. I think he's the greatest hockey player of all time. Understand that's kind of a hot take and an unpopular opinion, but there's no way he's simply a 92. And if he is simply a 92 in your mind, then Chelios is like way lower than that. Like 85, I think like, that's insane. Chelios is a great defenseman, Hall of Fame defenseman. Love him. Have his jersey. So don't want you guys to think this is just a Chelios dust fest. I just, I don't know where they're pulling 93 out of. I don't know how they're making him better than Eiserman and as good as Lindstrom. That's insane. Number two, ratings wise, Pavel Datsuk, 89%. Is there any more I need to say here? Why is Pavel Datsuk 89 overall? That That's so dumb. Dylan Lark, for reference, Dylan Larkin in this video game is 88 overall. So Datsuk is just like one notch better than Dylan Larkin. That's it. He's just like one little touch better than him. 
Use your heads. Use your heads. If you're going to make people certain ratings, realize that it affects... It's like a, it's like a scale. It's proportional. Like, it, that, that, that makes no fucking sense. Pavel Datsuk is one of the most mesmerizing players in NHL history. He's not an 89 overall. And if he is an 89 overall, then Dylan Larkin is a 56. Like, I mean, it's just... There's no... There's no thought put into this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like 89% for Pavel Datsuk. Is that right now? Is that like physically right now at age 42 or one, however old he is? Is that how good he is now? Because I believe that. But if this is the alumni team, we're pulling them out of their primes. No, 89 is unforgivable. Eat shit, whoever made these. Again, Another rating I'm pissed about. Gordy Howe, 95. This guy's called Mr. Hockey. He's a god of hockey. He's not even, like, real. He's so, like, godlike and his aura and his mystique. He's Mr. Hockey. He defines what hockey is. They literally call him Mr. Hockey. He should be 99 overall. How is he even just 95? Or he should be 98 overall, and then you can make Wayne Gretzky 99 overall. I don't see... The thought process in this. I mean, I'll accept 95 is that if that's like as high as we're going, but then everything needs to be adjusted accordingly, and it's just shit. It's just shit from top to bottom. Now, on top of just the ratings, which are obviously the biggest gripe I have with this whole goddamn Red Wings fiasco, is the aesthetic of this picture. Now, I know this is radio. This is a podcast. Like, you can't see what I'm seeing, but I'm going to describe it to you, and if you want to go see it, go follow me on Instagram. Go follow me on Twitter. It's on both of those, Okay. You should do that anyways. If you're listening to this and you don't follow me on social media, that's impressive because I don't know how you got here. Uh, and two, you should, you should just go do it. You should go do it. If you have a Twitter, go do it. Um, but so the aesthetic of this thing is like Gordy Howe is front and center with Steve Eiserman standing hand in hand. Uh, they're not holding each other's hands, but they're right next to each other. And Gordy Howe has the C on his sweater. Okay, I have no issue with Gordy Howe having a C, but Steve Eiserman has no letter on his sweater. No C whatsoever. Steve Eiserman went like two years max, maybe even one year with the Wings without a C on his sweater. He's the longest serving captain in professional sports, 19 seasons, 20 years he had that C on his sweater. The banner we hang in Little Caesars Arena that hung at JLA has the C on it because it's so weird to see his sweater in any form of any kind without a C on it. That's, that's so dumb. That's disrespectful. That is disrespectful to Hockey Town, to the Red Wings, to Steve Eiserman, to everyone involved. This is, this is disrespectful. And whoever created this graphic, approved this graphic, who had a hand in this graphic, uh, deserves to lose their job. They should be fired. This is, this is unforgivable in the hockey world. You have Steve Eiserman standing here at a 92 overall, obviously in his prime, no letter on the sweater whatsoever. And I'm not saying giving him an A. I'm saying you give him the C. And if you can only have one C on this ridiculous team, then you give it to Iserman. Howe wasn't even the captain throughout the whole tenure of his time on the Red Wings. Ted Lindsay was. Howe had it for like a little bit. Ted Lindsay was the captain of the Gordie Howe era Red Wings. Okay, let's not get that twisted. That's not a slight at Gordie Howe. That's just a fucking fact. Iserman was the undoubted captain of his 20-year reign in Detroit. His nickname is, ready for this, The Captain. And you don't put a C on his sweater on an alumni team of the greatest Red Wings of all time. Get fucked. Go fuck yourself. He's the GM of the team now, too. He's, he's, a, he's the fucking man. He's the best. And you don't put the C on his sweater. You give it to Howe. And he just looks weird without the letter on his sweater. He looks weird. If they were going to pull it off, they, then they should have made him look a lot younger and be like 18-year-old Steve Eiserman before he had the C. Because it's just disrespectful and it's wrong. It's disrespectful and it's wrong, okay? On top of this, I think it's weird 
that Gordie Howe is wearing like fresh CCM gloves. I think they should be brown. Uh, Pavel Datsuk looks nothing like what Pavel Datsuk looks like. And Nick Lindstrom is completely cross-eyed. He looks like an Adam Sandler character uh, from like the Waterboy, like that cross-eyed meathead football player. That's what he looks like. He looks like shit. Chris Chelios doesn't look anything like Chris Chelios either. So no one looks how they should look. Eiserman doesn't have the C on his sweater. And then Gordie Howe has the C on his sweater, um, but it's on the wrong side of the jersey from where the Red Wings currently place it. I mean, back in his day, it was on that side, but if everything's modern, because, I mean, fucking Gordie Howe's out here wearing CCM gloves with a CCM bucket, uh, then, you know, it should have been it should have been on the other side because otherwise it just, it just makes no sense. So I had to dust up EA Sports for that. This is total fucking malarkey and bullshit. Um, and then the one thing I did also forget to mention is in the graphic they posted, they posted us with the Penguins. So, like, if you slide over the next picture, the Penguins are with it as well. And they have Yager 93, Lemieux 96, and Paul Coffey 93. So, by all that's fucking holy, Chris Chelios, Nick Lindstrom, Paul Coffey, all, all 93s. Same level of good hockey player there. Chelios isn't better than Coffey. Coffey isn't better than Lindstrom. Lindstrom's no better than either of them combined. Fucking ridiculous. Insanity. And everyone's better than Iserman. Fucking between Coffey and Chelios, everyone's better than Iserman. And Lindstrom. They all are. They're all better than him. That's ridiculous. And then on top of it all, Lemieux is at a 96, which is better than Gordie Howe, which we already went over. His nickname is Mr. Fucking Hockey. This is a joke. Pisses me off, too, because it's just the Penguins in general. Um, but apparently, Chelios, fucking Lindstrom, Coffey, Yager, they're all the same, and they're all better than Iserman. And that's total horseshit. Took the C off Iserman's sweater, made him worse than Chris Chelios and Paul Coffey, and Paul Coffey, wrong disrespectful everyone should lose their job no one buy this game no one play the game fuck them fuck them all all right i'm done with that i'm done with that lgrw seasons like a month away i'm getting excited and the other red wings news we have uh this week is longtime detroit red wing nicholas cronwall has retired from the detroit red wings um, now, fan favorite, obviously everyone knows Nicholas Cronwall for his devastating fucking hits, which we called getting Cronwalled, Cronwalling, all that stuff. Um, and I just want to say thank you, Nicholas Cronwall, for an awesome time in Detroit. Um, I totally think this is this is a good for the Detroit organization. Um, I think it was his time. I'm glad he had a decent last year um, and was Cronwalling people. I think he got a couple in there in the last year. So I am I am glad that he did decide to retire. I think it's better for the team all around in general. Um, but obviously sad to see him go. Uh, very dedicated Detroit Red Wing. Played his whole career there. He's a staple. Won a Stanley Cup. Um, just some facts about uh, Nicholas Cronwall. We drafted him 29th overall in the 2000 uh, NHL draft. He played 15 years for Detroit. Uh, had a couple years with Grand Rapids there. That's That's how you get to 2019. Um, and he actually has been named an advisor to the general manager for the Detroit Red Wings. So obviously that's Steve Eiserman, but so he'll stay with the organization. I think he's a good guy, very smart guy, obviously like very loved by all his Swedish teammates. Um, and I just want to say, you know, thank you very much to Nicholas Cronwall here. And actually, if you go to his Wikipedia, they have Cronwald as a section of it. And it says, Cronwall has developed a reputation for his signature backpedaling hits. Fans refer to the frequently devastating, often open ice hits as being Cronwald. Victims of Cronwall's checks include 
Anders Lee, Danny Heatley, Austin Matthews, Alex Hemsky, Arturi Lettinen, Riley Smith, Ryan Kessler, Martin Havlett, Jacob Voracek, and Casper's Cellulitis. Uh, On-ice officials sometimes deemed these hits illegal. Of these individuals, the hits on Matthew, uh, on Matthews, Hemsky, and Havlett resulted in penalties. The hit on Havlett in particular resulted in Cronwall being ejected. On April 27, 2015, during Game 6 of the first-round playoffs, Cronwall Cronwald Tampa Bay forward Nikita Kucherov. The following day, the NHL Department player safety suspended Cronwall for the final game of the series, which the Red Wings lost 2 to nothing. Bullshit! Those hits were never illegal. I mean, sometimes he did jump clear off the ice and nail people in the face, but whatever. They were sweet, and it's why people like to watch hockey. The one on, uh, you know, Havlet that, like, pretty much killed him, my favorite hit of all time, maybe, uh, my favorite Cronwall hit of all time. I'll say that for sure. I think I think Konstantinov owns my favorite hit of all time on Mar- on uh, Claude Lemieux. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Cronwall's hit on Havlet is my favorite hit of all time, and I don't think he should have got suspended for it, even though he pretty much fucking killed him. He killed him. Um, so, yeah, on September 3rd, 2019, Cronwall announced his retirement from hockey. He finished his career ranked third all-time in games played by a defenseman and fourth in points in franchise history, trailing only Nicholas Lindstrom, Reed Larson, and Red Kelly, two of which are in the Hall of Fame. And Well, is Reed Larson in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I don't know if Reed Larson's in the Hall of Fame, but I know two of them are retired by the Detroit Red Wings. So um, just a couple more stats for you here. Cronwall played 953 games, fell just short of 1,000, scored 83 goals, 349 assists, that's good for 432 points. He racked up 564 penalty minutes. Um, And then in the playoffs, he played another 109 games, had five goals, 42 assists for 42 points, racking up 89 penalty minutes. Uh, In addition to that, uh, he won gold uh, at the Winter Olympics at 2006 in Turin, a silver medal in Sochi in 2014, and then at the World Championships, he has a gold in 2006 and a silver in 2003, representing Team Sweden. So 55, we love you. Uh, you're very, you're a great stand-up guy. You are a true Red Wing. You represented the wing wheel well. Um, we are sad to see you go. It's definitely bittersweet, but I think it was time, and I'm happy you're sticking around with the organization. So thanks for everything you did for us, Nicholas, and you will be a human highlight reel for when I have kids and want to show them the greatest hits in Red Wings history. Thank you, sir. Okay, now what I'm going to do is turn it over to good friend of the show, Parlay Splits. He has some Thursday night picks for you as well as some Sunday uh, football gambling picks for you guys. Um, If you want Saturday, tune in to the Instagram and the Twitter and also the Facebook. Don't forget to follow, like, all that shit. Um, There's also a YouTube channel now, so you can go subscribe to that if that's something people do. Um, But if you want your... Saturday football picks and your Monday night. Go check those out on the social medias on their respective days. But right now we got a little Thursday and a little couple Sunday picks for you. I'll turn it over to Parlay Splits. Hi, welcome to the Weekend Advisory Board. I am your host, Parlay Splits. It is a special Thursday night football edition. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 with nothing to show for it except a pot to piss in? Are you stressed out by today's economy and feeling the rigors and the high costs 
of living. Well, look no further. I'm here to help you with your supplemental income to help you get fed and to feed your family. Now, I do not know it's about you, but I'm hornier than a Bernese Mountain Dog in moonlight for tonight's NFL kickoff. We got two Northern Yankee teams playing with the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Now, everyone's real steaming Mimi hot about these Bears this year, and let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now because that's what I'm telling you. These Bears are frauds. They're toothless, they're clawless, and they ain't going to win more than 10 games. I'm telling you that right now. You can take that to the bank. The road to this shit and mission of not winning 10 games is going to start tonight. I'm telling you right now. I'm taking the mustache man who don't talk to his family no more at plus three. Now, if you're softer than baby shit in a microwave, then I would recommend buying a point and taking the Packums at plus four. But the pick, the pick that we have for Thursday night football weekend advisory board edition is Packers plus three, final score, Packers 23, Bears 17, and you take that to the bank. Parlay out. Hi. Welcome to the weekend advisory board. I am your host, Parlay Splits, and I am more revved up than a 69 Chevy for today's full slate of pig skin pleasure. What is going to happen this year? We do not know. What makes the games so delectable to watch is that we do not know what is going to happen. Questions like, will Houston win 10 games? Will Phillip Rivers have another child? Will Kareem Hunt rob a liquor store? We simply just do not know. But what I do know is who you should bet on with your hard-earned money. So let's just start there. My first delicious game of the week is the Cleburne Poop Stains, a.k.a. the Browns. The Browns are going to come out hotter than Colombian cocoa and take an even steamier piss on the Tennessee Titans at home. Cleveland covers five and a half with ease and wins this game 38 to 20. Baker Mayfield proceeds to have intercourse with every female east of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a post-game celebration. Browns, five and a half, final score, 38-20 Browns. Game two. It's hotter than hell out in Arizona around this time of year, but there is nothing, and I mean nothing, hot about their football team. Some people try to tell me that Clamp Cuntsbury guy is a, is a looker, and you know what I say to them? I say, get out of my house with that nonsense. Gone, get, get. Now, the Jungle Cats from Detroit ain't been good in a coon's age, but they take this one. Minus two and a half, they win the game 27-13. Last game on my list here is the Jive Turkeys from Atlanta versus the Chili Willy Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. A lot of people think them dirty birds ain't got no juice left in the tank and that they're softer than a roll of Charmin dropped in the toilet bowl. But I think everyone is overlooking Matt Ryan and the boys this year. I think Kurt Brothers is a real stand-up guy, and he gonna win this game 
but he ain't going to cover a spread for you. No, sir. Atlanta covers plus four. But Minnesota wins 27-24, and you can take all those picks to the bank. I take no responsibility for your shitty picks or your shitty wagers. Parlay out. Okay, and let's move into the last part of episode 33 of The Fizz here. Uh, we will move into a segment a lot of you are all familiar with, and it is called Over Under. Uh, if you haven't listened to Over Under before, basically I am sent a list by a colleague of mine. Um, I've never seen the list before. It's in my email. I haven't looked at it. I read it, and then I tell you if that thing, item, place, idea, whatever it is, is over or underrated. Normally my fat, overweight friend from Cleveland, Jerry, sends me this list, but I'm kind of trying to limit the amount of time that I talk to him. So he has not sent me a list in a while. And sometimes when you ask him to send it, when I ask him to send me a list, he gets all like whiny and bitchy and like, I just didn't want to deal with it today. So we had my wonderful fiance put together the list along with like a couple people at her work. So I have no idea what's about to come here, uh, but let's check it out. Let's jump into over under. I have the list right here and let's start. Number one, drunk puking before bed. Um, I, hmm. I, I guess this could go one of two ways. Like if, if you get it out of your system, cause you're going to puke anyway and feel nauseous, uh, then yeah, go ahead and do it. But if we're talking about just like the spins right before bed, cause every time you close your eyes, you go on like some Jedi mission every time you shut your eyes and you have to like put your hand on the tile floor just to like remind yourself you're still on planet earth. Uh, that is, that is totally overrated. Uh, spinning and puking before bed is, is an absolute nightmare. Um, I hate that feeling when you just shut your eyes and you know, it's like blast off. You don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm going to say drunk puking before bed is overrated. Um, don't know anybody who gets like really pumped to drunk puke before going to bed. So we're going to say drunk puking before bed is overrated. Number two, Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys are very touch and go, but as a whole, I will say they're underrated. Uh, I like that it's kind of filling in the morning, especially when you have a hangover. It's great to kind of like force some food into your system. It's not real food, but it kind of feels like a like like someone grounded up food, and I can now drink it through a straw because now my hangovers put me on on like life support. So I feel like I do need to drink food through a straw, uh, like someone on life support would have to, if that's even how that works. So I like Bloody Marys with a hangover, but sometimes you can get a real shitty Bloody Mary and it just, you can't even finish it. So the shit ones obviously suck, but as a whole, I'm going to say Bloody Marys are underrated, underrated Bloody Marys. Three, social media influencers. Uh, social media influencers are definitely overrated. Uh, there are people on the internet who have millions and millions of followers, thousands and thousands of followers, and they're completely talentless and they have no skill. They just have like a nice ass or big tits or something like that. And then they throw on a sports bra and all of a sudden they're an influencer with a million followers. Uh, Instagram influencers like that, they suck and they're talentless. All they are is hot and they stink. And a lot of times, I don't care about your shitty product reviews, and I don't want your products. Um, it's coming from a guy who leans heavily on social media to promote himself. So take that any way you want. I don't give a shit. Social media influencers are overrated. Number three, or four, sorry, four. ESPN College Game Day. Woo! ESPN College Game Day is, is pretty great. Uh, it's a lot of fun, especially when it comes to your school. Um, I know at Michigan State, they had to put up netting around like their setup because people were like throwing beer bottles at Desmond Howard. So that's great. Uh, great look for MSU. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Uh, Lee Corso is kind of losing his mind. Uh, I think that's, that's game day, right? Yeah. Lee Corso puts on the, the hats and shit. I mean, he's kind of like senile. 
So I'm going to say, you know, that's sad to see and they need to get him out of there. But I would say that ESPN college game day, man, is it over or underrated? I don't even really watch anymore. So I'm going to say it's overrated. If I'm not even that pumped to like watch college game day, I'm going to say college game day is overrated. But I don't think it's bad. I'm not saying like it's overrated. It's not like a hot take. I just don't think it's that great. Uh, it's not not like something I need to watch. Number five, Juling. Ooh, Juling is is probably overrated. Uh, it's it's great for man. This is tough. Everyday Juling is overrated for sure. Like walking around, it's it's overrated if it's like everyday thing for you. Uh, it is underrated if you're shit face. For me, it is like a little candy treat when I'm drunk. Like I don't have to light up a full cigarette. I just hit like a little hit of a little vapor USB and yay. It's like a little like drunk snack. So as a drunk guy, I'm going to say it's underrated as like an everyday thing, like buying jewel pods overrated. Like I don't own one. I just bump them off my friends cause I'm a freeloading bag of shit. Okay. So number six, ignoring FaceTime calls. Oh boy. This is underrated as hell. Uh, FaceTime sucks. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I very rarely answer FaceTime calls. I don't, I don't know if I've ever FaceTimed anybody, not something I'm really into doing. I don't really like just stare at my own face while I talk to somebody, unless you're showing me like a new house, a new apartment, you're at the grand Canyon, you're with Steve Eiserman or someone famous, someone cool. Uh, I don't really need your FaceTime. I don't need it. I don't want to see it. Not a huge fan of it. I don't really get the infatuation with it. Uh, so ignoring FaceTime calls is extremely exhilarating for me. I've been known to ignore a FaceTime call and just call somebody. Uh, not a huge FaceTime guy at all. Ignoring FaceTime calls is underrated. It's wonderful. You guys should try it. Number seven, putting on sad music when you're sad to further your sadness. This is, this is underrated as hell. This is underrated as hell. This is my high school. High school, I lived in just being sad, putting on sad music and being sad. Driving around in my 96 Ford Taurus with a broken door. Uh, it was, it was the epitome of sadness. This was, this is sadness at its peak. It was so great to be sad, put on sad music and increase your sadness. This is an underrated feeling and more people should try it. Just swim in sadness. Why not? Why not? We're all going to the same place, guys. Let's swim in sadness together. Let's put on the saddest song we can find and just be sad. So that got dark. Number eight, autocorrect. Um, autocorrect is great. I'm sure there's a few times where like, you know, oh my God, fucking switch to ducking. That's so annoying. Like who gives a shit? Half the time it fixes 90% of what I do. Like I'll type absolute gibberish and it just fixes it all. Google figures out like you type, you could headboard the keyboard and you'd be like, did you mean how to slow roast a chicken breast? You know, like it, it just knows what you want to type out. Sure. There's some occasions where it gets annoying, but to complain about that, I think is, is ridiculous. So autocorrect is underrated underrated autocorrect uh without it i would be sending some shitty texts uh number nine getting cronwald um like me like if i were to get cronwald that would be overrated there's nothing enjoyable about getting cronwald you just you get embarrassed potentially injured um potentially paralyzed so getting cronwald uh however topical this is right now it is it is overrated but to witness cronwall cronwall somebody is amazing it's over it's underrated sorry it's so underrated it's a beautiful thing we'll probably never see it again those hits are going away in the nhl because it's getting softer and softer um and now he's retired so we probably won't see much of it anymore so um getting cronwall like me getting cronwall overrated watching a cronwalling underrated okay number 10 lizzo 
I only know that one song by Lizzo. I don't know anything about her. All I know is that like DNA test, bad bitch song with the Minnesota Vikings. It's the only song I know. I'll say it's underrated. Seems like all these bitches love it. Um, definitely don't even know where I am in this territory of Lizzo. Like, don't know if people like her, don't like her. If saying you don't like her is an absolute sin. So I'm just going to say it's underrated. I only know one song. I don't know anything about her. I know she talks about the Minnesota Vikings and then taking a DNA test. That's all I got. So I'm going to say she's underrated. Uh, and I hope that's the right answer. So let's review. Drunk puking before bed is overrated. Bloody Marys are underrated. Social media influencers are, are way overrated. ESPN College Game Day is overrated. Juuling sober is overrated. Juuling shit-faced, underrated. Ignoring FaceTime calls is extremely underrated. It's exhilarating. Everyone should try it. Putting on sad music when you're sad to further your sadness is underrated. Everyone should try that as well. But if you're a happy person, just don't, you know, don't, don't turn into the sad guy because I'm telling you to try it. It's not that exhilarating. Being sad, you know, it's not fun. Anyways, uh, number eight, autocorrect, underrated. Getting cronwalled uh, is overrated if you're getting hit. It's underrated if you're watching it. And number 10, Lizzo is underrated because I don't know anything about her besides she took a DNA test with a Minnesota Viking or something. Um, and they ended it with LGRW. So fitting. Great list, ladies. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Hope everyone is having a fantastic week, and I hope you have an even better weekend. We got football, guys. We got football. It's here. Go follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got. I got a YouTube channel now. Um, go go subscribe to that or whatever you do with a YouTube channel. Just search Champagne Athletics YouTube. There's videos there. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Don't forget to buy a shirt. Do all the shit. Fizz Podcast is the code you got to use to get 20% off of Vapor Fresh. Everyone rocks. Go Lions. Have a good weekend, everybody.